for young players. <laughs> So let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the promises that you've made to us. And on this All Saints Day, we ask your spirit to guide us as we focus our thoughts on the fulfillment of those promises and especially the hope we have of being in full fellowship with you in your kingdom. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in case you missed it, today we're celebrating All Saints Day. And I know when you hear the word saints, what do you think of? I'm very much aware that if I mentioned the word saints to some people, their thoughts would immediately fly to a team in the NRL competition. <laughs> and I wonder how many in that team would be mindful of the fact that the team derives its name from one of the great saints of the Christian church. But I'll leave it to you to decide whether or not that fact affects the team's performance on the field. But if you mention the word saints to someone like the writer of the Psalms, and I think particularly of Psalm 31 in verse 23. If you mentioned it to Jesus, as Matthew records it in his, the 27th chapter of his gospel, or especially to St. Paul, and take Romans 1.10 as an example, you would be well reminded that the word refers to everyone who accepts the salvation of God and loves the Lord Jesus. And Paul uses that word saints again and again and again all throughout his letters. So there's uh, no doubt who he's talking to. He's talking to the people of those congregations that he wrote to, the living Christians of his day. But we're reminded also that we Christians are a mixture of being both sinners and saints at the same time. Sinners because of our imperfections and our rebellion against God and saints because of our salvation in Jesus. And that's a, a condition that we will live with in this life until we leave it and are perfected in the next life. And that's where we cast our thoughts today as we focus on this celebration of All Saints Day I want us all to hear again those words from that St John wrote from that chapter in Revelation 7 that we read a moment ago for here John gives us a glimpse of heavenly worship that's really nothing different from and in fact joins together with our own and John says after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Each year, All Saints Day falls on November the 1st. And throughout the many ages, it's also been known as All Hallows Day. And thus, uh, the day has been celebrated in recent days. We have All Hallows Eve or Halloween. Hallow meaning holy, Eve being short for Eve. And so that uh, thing that's celebrated at this time across the community really has its origins in the efforts of the Christian church to turn what were pagan rituals into something that honoured something in our faith. Historically, All Saints Day began as a commemoration of the martyrs who had died for their faith. But over the years, it's evolved into a day when we honour and remember all the saints, those who, in death, have joined the church triumphant, as well as the faithful saints of the present who serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So today we celebrate all the saints, all those who have died in faith and are now living on the other side of eternity, as well as all of those who are still here, living in faith on this side of eternity. And that includes each and every one of us here this morning. And the thing I'd like us to focus on together this All Saints Day is its connection with the church's teaching about the communion or the common union of saints. Now, no doubt this phrase, the communion of saints, sounds familiar to you because it is part of our historical Christian confession in the words of the creeds we recite. We'll do it shortly. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic or Christian Church, the communion of saints, and so on. So what we're celebrating on this All Saints Day is connected to the teaching of the communion of saints, the idea that all of God's people in heaven and on earth are spiritually connected and united. In other words, Christians believe that the saints of God in heaven are just as alive as you and I and that we are woven together in a tight-knit communion. I'd like to share with you an extended passage from a book called The Presence, An Approach to the Holy Communion, written by a Lutheran pastor by the name of Berthold von Schenk back in the 1940s. And one of the chapters in the book is titled Our Saints, and a quote from it. In speaking of the communion of saints, pastor quotes from his personal experiences of life and he does get quite personal at times and he shares the following and I quote when we are deprived of loved ones it's a tremendous shock for the time we are stunned not everyone can feel at once their continuing companionship we should not for that reason despair an adjustment must take place in our lives reaching deep into our habits our emotions and thoughts. 
Some souls may make this adjustment quickly. For most of us, it comes slowly and hard. And many an hour is filled with loneliness and an agonising doubt. By ourselves, we can never make this adjustment. In the end, we come to a sense of the continuing presence of our loved ones. And we can do this if we realise the presence of our living Lord. As we seek and find our risen Lord, we shall find our dear departed. They are with him, and we find the reality of their continued life through him. The saints are a part of the church. We worship with them. They worship the risen Christ face to face, while we worship the same risen Christ under the veil of the bread and the wine at the Lord's table. At the communion, we are linked with heaven. For with the communion, that common union of saints, we're linked with our loved ones. Here at the Lord's table, we find our communion with the dead. For the altar is the closest meeting place between us and our Lord. That place must be the place of closest meeting with our departed loved ones who are in his keeping. The Lord's table is the meeting place where we meet our beloved Lord. It must therefore also be the meeting place where we meet our loved ones, for they are with the Lord. Our human nature needs more than the assurance that someday and in some way we shall meet again our loved ones in heaven. That's all gloriously true. But how does that help us now? When we then view death in the light of the communion of saints and the Holy Communion, there is no helpless bereavement. My loved one has just left me and has gone on a journey. But I am in touch with her. I know that there is a place where we can meet. It is at the Lord's table. How it thrills me when I hear the words of the liturgy, Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. For I know that she is there with that company of heaven, the communion of saints with the Lord. The nearer I come to my Lord in the Holy Communion, the nearer I come to the saints and to my own loved ones. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a living cell in that spiritual organism, partaking of the life of the other cells and sharing in the body of Christ himself. There's nothing fanciful or unreal about this. Indeed, it is the most real thing in my life. Of course I miss my loved one. I would miss her if she took a long holiday trip. But now, since she is what some people call dead, she is closer to me than ever. Of course I miss her physical presence bitterly. I miss her voice and the sound of approaching footsteps. But I have not lost her. And when my sense of loss becomes too great, I can always go to our meeting place at the Lord's table where I receive the body and blood of my Lord that, that preserves my body and soul just as it has preserved her unto everlasting life.
You do learn to love the Lord's table as the meeting place with our beloved who have passed within the veil. Here again, the sacrament is the heart of our religion. The blessed sacrament links us not merely to Bethlehem and Calvary, but to the whole world beyond the grave as well. For at the Lord's table, the infinite is shrined in the finite. Heaven stoops down to earth, and the seen and the unseen meet. End of the quote. How truly blessed we are to be part of this incredible reality. That phrase in the prayer of thanksgiving that we'll say soon, therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, speaks so clearly and so beautifully of this reality. What we need always remember when we go to the Lord's table is that we commune with Christ. And wherever Christ is, there is heaven. And this communion includes all the saints who have died and risen in Christ. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Ruth, Peter, Paul, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, perhaps even our spouses or our children, along with all the saints now living all over the world and those still to come. After someone dies, it's good to think of them at the Lord's Supper, knowing that as we commune here below at the table of the Lamb and sing his songs, we join them, since they are simultaneously communing at the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom that knows no end, and singing the songs of the Lamb with angels and archangels, praising him for his victory over death and the grave, for us, and for our salvation, just as it was revealed to St. John in his vision. All this became very real in my own experience when at the time of a family bereavement, a priest I knew well wrote to me saying, if the communion of saints has meaning for us, it must be at times like this. For the belief leaves us with a vision of our loved one standing with our Lord on the other side of death in the company of all the faithful departed, praying with us for the coming of the kingdom. May the Holy Spirit enlighten you and bless you to realise that in Christ, in that great mystery of our union with him, you too are joined to all who are joined to him. So let's pray. O God, the King of saints, we praise and magnify your holy name for all your servants who have finished their course in your faith and fear. For the Blessed Virgin Mary, for the Holy Patriarchs, Prophets, Apostles and Martyrs, for all your other righteous servants. And we pray that encouraged by their example, strengthened by their fellowship, we may come to everlasting life through the merits of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.